0: Good morning. It is Monday, February 11th, and it's 7.08 a.m. I uh, hope you all had a good week. Um, I had a, a decent week, I suppose. I mean, I was getting ready for the flea market the whole week, so you know how that goes. Um, so yeah, just a lot of organizing and getting you know assessing and and packing and that sort of thing um but it was worth it um i didn't really go i don't think i went out except for i went to the taize service on wednesday night with a friend and uh, that was lovely um it again was very sparsely attended i think there were maybe four other people there in this giant Place. And then I went to the Hara afterwards, and I hadn't been back to the Hara since when Carl was working there. Um, Carl was this curmudgeonly lonely old man who ran the Hara. Um, he was, you know, just a classic grump. Um I guess you could say he was lovable, but you know, when it comes down to brass tacks, he really wasn't. Um, I feel like people tend to deify the past um, when, you know, at best, I think he was a very unhappy person. Um, And there were things that he would do, like, you know, unplug the jukebox if someone was listening to David Bowie. Um, things like that. I'm just, you know, it, it's fine. You know, people would go in there kind of for a laugh, like, "Well, I'm going to, you know, be abused by this bartender, Carl. Um, let's go do it. Let's get abused by this person. And then after a while, you're just kind of like, yeah, let's not go in there. <laughs> um, they also had really um, just like the cheapest shelf liquor. And that was the only liquor they had. So I went there again, um, on Wednesday, uh, for the first time, probably in over 10 years. And, uh, yeah, they had vamped the place up. Um, I was able to get my Manhattan with makers. I would, I never would have had it made with the swill that they used to serve. Um, the jukebox was, was going off. It was, it was sounding good. And, Then I popped over to my friend's apartment and hung out there. I'm not going to go into detail. And then I went home. And uh, I've been going to bed pretty early, uh, between 10 and 11, because I just have so much to do. Um, Went thrifting. I made some chicken and dumplings, and that's kind of been my soup of the week. Um, I kind of went a little ham on the dumplings in that I just, the dumplings were so good. I would eat them and then I made more the next day. Um, I was, I usually do like a drop biscuit style dumpling, um, where it just kind of covers the top, which I love that style, but I didn't have any baking powder on hand. And every time I went to the store, I forgot to grab it. So what I did was I made a flour and egg dumpling where I just, kind of made like a pasta basically so you make the mountain of flour, and then you with, with like a cup of flour then you take one egg and you put that in the middle of the mountain so you make a little divot and then you quickly mix it by hand with uh, a fork and and then when it starts to kind of come together then you use your hands to quickly fold it together like the trick is not to touch it very much um so then I so then you kind of just quickly like pat it out and then just like give it a quick roll like one or two rolls not pressing hard and then you just slice it and then you have these thick rectangular dumpling noodle things that are so good so that's like one way to do it um and I really like those I think I like them too much actually um so yeah, that, that soup is coming to an end. I might make borscht again, I'm not sure. Either that or a squash, a squash soup. Um, but having the soup on deck is a very handy way to go because I can stay at home and work on my projects without going out to eat and therefore wasting an hour of my precious time. Um, so it it works out really nice it saves a lot of money and it's super nutritious and healthy. So I've been doing that. I'm on the spinach train, eating as much spinach as I can. Um, so that's been what I've been eating. I've, me and April tried to go out to Y and Y restaurant like twice this week, but it was closed for Chinese new year. So, uh, the first alternative was this dim someplace across the street which between you and me it's not that good i it used to be a lot better but it's gone down the tubes um there were no soup dumplings um everything was uh, this sp- the spare ribs that we got were hilarious i was like are these chicken knuckles smothered in grease <laughs> i mean hello <laughs> this is not What's, was this literally a vet, like, you know, a vestigial rib off of some mutated lab creature? Because it was so like, they look, they look like pig knuckles or something. I don't know. They, they were gnarly, but you know what? I ate a couple of them. They were okay, but it was so, it was like in a vat of, of like swimming in this shallow vat of grease. Um, so that's just an example of the kind of dim sum they had there. They didn't have any of the flaky little pastry ones, which I love so much. Um, they did have the, the long rice noodle slab thing. Um, and then, then we went back to Y&Y again and it was closed again. So then we hot footed it over to Japantown and we got the ramen at this place that's right near the kabuki theater, you know which one? the one that's right near the plant store. it's like izakaya or something like that. and we both got the exact same thing with um the butter and corn ramen is the one to get. if you like butter, that is the ramen. so yeah, moving right along. uh the flea market was canceled last week and That was due to inclement weather. Um, And so they rolled over to this week, and it was, the weather report was this, 80% chance of rain with winds at 10 to 20 miles per hour. Um, I got a call from Harold, who runs the flea market, as the manager of the flea market, and he wanted to know if I still wanted to do the flea market and I said yes I do Uh, because I'm just that gal you know Um, but I was kind of hoping that I would get a notification that the flea market was again canceled alas it was not because there's a bunch of people who are regular vendors who that is their income on the regs I do it to liquidate stuff and also I mean I make good money But I don't need it to, you know, survive. Um, But, you know, I was already prepared to do the flea market. Um, Taylor's birthday was this weekend, and I was supposed to go away and celebrate it with her and the rest of her friends. Um, But I had to put that on hold. I had to to cancel uh, my participation because of the flea market. So um I was doing I was scheduled to do the flea market with Andrew. Um we got some things from his storage warehouse, et cetera. And um I looked on the website and it said there were two hundred vendors signed up. You know how many there are normally are? Eight hundred. So I was like, Okay, that's pretty slim, but I guess we're doing it. So we get to we get to the flea market grounds a little later than usual like we got there around six there was almost nobody there um maybe 20 vendors spread out over that huge acreage um and it was really cold it had rained a little bit and andrew was leading towards he was hemming and hawing he was like well let's just cut our losses and go And that was disappointing. Um, But, you know, I tried to keep my chin up. And as we were leaving the parking lot, I said, Just drop me off, Andrew. Just drop me off. Because I saw that the sky was starting to be a little bit bluer. And to me, it was the color of a sky that did not show rain. And. He said, are you sure you want me to drop you off? And I said, yeah, just drop me off. Leave me with my stuff and I'll figure it out. And, you know, I brought a painter's tarp, you know, with me. Just I could cover things just in case it rained. So he dropped me off and what do you know? It did not rain a drop. It was sunny blue skies all day. I made a killing. It was probably the most profitable flea market that I had done. I had a monopoly on the clothes because there weren't very many vendors. Um, Probably a total of, I don't know, 50 or 60 vendors showed up. It's hard to assess, but it really wasn't very many vendors at all. It wasn't no 200 vendors. Um, People were wheeling and dealing me left and right. Um, So... I did find out a trick, though, from this book that I'm reading. It is called Killer Stuff and Tons of Money. And it is about the history of flea markets and the um, the culture of flea markets and what it's like to be the customer, the, ty- the typical flea market customer, and also the flea market vendor, how they interact with each other. Um, it's based on... Uh, some extensive field research done by the author maureen stanton one thing i learned from the book though which i am which i used immediately um, in my interactions was this this here bottom line because people you give them a good deal and they'll be like is that it is that the best you could do is that the best you could do and of course, it's it, it's my level best I can do. And so I just said, that's what they were saying in the book is, say, that's my bottom line. I've given you my bottom line. And it worked. It worked. Um, I, I, there was this like this corset, for example, that I was selling for like $20. This lady wanted to give just straight up trying to get it for $10. And I was like, 20 is my bottom line, and what do you know, she, a $20 bill appeared, and she bought it for $20. I was like, yeah, I, I'll be damned if I make change for your, uh, $10 out of the 20 you could have very well given me. Um, that happens all day long. Um, there was, there were a couple people there, uh, who I found annoying, but I didn't have to interact with them at all, um, they're, you know, just nebbishy sorts, fortunately, they didn't come to my booth, um, one guy was like, do you only sell female clothing, gross, female clothing, I mean, come on, can we get rid of that word, female, it's so, it's so slimy, it's so slimy, I just said, I don't sell men's clothes. Okay. And he was overly groomed. He had a little pompadour and of course the ubiquitous beard and some fleece coat that he had obviously not broken in. That is a, that is a tell. Okay. So all the men out there that think that they're really hot stuff with their fleece coats. Here's what you need to do. Put that shit in the dryer. Wear it around. Don't wear it out. Make sure it's broken in because I can tell. I can tell that you bought that just to go to a damn flea market and it shows. So I'm not going to give you any deals. I don't think you're cool and nobody else does. So if you're going to stretch your stuff, make sure that your clothes are well worn and broken in. I don't need to see some Levi's situation on my hands because it all, it's, you know, it's just, it just, you don't want to look squeaky at a flea market. You really don't because that means you're a sucker. Anyway, um, I didn't eat all day. I, uh, I had a couple people come by the booth, uh, Amisha and Sean came by and I got some of their sausage, which was fantastic. Um, and it was great to see them, and Amisha held down the fort while I used the bathroom and Then Paulina and her friend Jen came by and uh it it was started getting windy, but it was still sunny and I was just making money after money, just the money just kept coming in um and then Andrew came to get me around two thirty and people people packed up their stuff about an hour early this time and so we followed suit um and then after that we went to in and out burger and i was stoked because i i cleared 50 hangers of of garments so that's that's awesome that i sold basically a whole rack of clothing i brought two racks of clothing um i sold most of my jewelry uh I sold a lot of shoes. I sold four hats. Hats are tough because they're hard they're hard to get rid of, you know. Um some hats will will fly right off like you know, if a hat is trending, it flies right off, but don't buy more than one trending hat to sell. Um just get that one trending hat and sell it and then buy another. Um I bought some hats uh, that I thought were cute, but w- were never trending. And I was able to sell those at the flea market, um, which was great. There's this dome hat that I bought because of the shape, the dome shape. And you know what? It's a, a flesh color though. So it looks like <laughs> the wearer is a a funny alien with an abnormally sized brain. <laughs> so I you know um not really easy to sell but it sold at the flea market and you know because of its puffy nature it was hard to store so um in and out Burger I have to be careful at that place because I love it so much I could go there every day but um I can't I just can't I'll turn into a fat slob so once every few months is is what I could do so maybe Two to three times a year, um, I had the double double cheeseburger and the fries and iced tea. Andrew got the uh double double with fries as well, and he also got a milkshake. Um, he did not order animal style, but he grabbed something which i I had never got asked for myself spread. He grabs spread. Spread is essentially a mayo-rich Thousand Island dressing. So in the way that the dressing is kind of um, low viscosity, spread is viscous. It's thick. Um, And he was actually opening the packets and just like kind of squeezing it into his mouth, um, which that seemed to work for him. And then he was also dipping his fries in it. I dipped my fries in my one packet of spread. It was plenty. I think he went through about, he cleared about four packets of spread. Um, The spread packets are kind of long. They're, you know, everything at In-N-Out Burger is its own size. Um, And this is what I have to say about animal style. Not a fan. Not a fan. Um, Sometimes people will... I... Here's what I notice about people who order animal style and talk about it. They have something to prove and and you know I just don't. And here's here's the only thing they proved to me. When you start yammering on about animal style, you're just you've only proven that you have no taste and you like cold fries. That's all. Because the fries at um the fries at In-N-Out Burger are not that good. They get cold really fast. So you basically just have to eat them just grab a pile like maybe three or four fries at a time and then eat those like little um, clumps of hay or something um I'm not a fan of diced candied onions and you know very cold hardening cheese dip and thousand island dressing like trying to contend with that on top of fries that are rapidly getting icier by the second that just doesn't appeal to me Um, And it's also sloppy, you know? Um, And some people get, you know, they'll get animal style for their burger as well. And I'm just like, it's already kind of sloppy, you know? And it's not that, it's not that good. um, As I've stated before, I just, um, you know, go ahead and knock yourself out about animal style. I just don't want to hear about it. It's, not really a secret anymore. And I'm sure that there's something else on the menu that can be ordered that they don't know about. So there's that. Um, we went thrifting surprisingly after that, and I didn't find anything. I just pretty much wanted to go home and organize more. Um, and so when I got home, yeah, I just rehung everything, I sorted out my hangers, and then I packed my shipments. So after this podcast, I'm going to do some oil pulling and walk down to the post office and then I'm going to go thrifting again at my spot um, and replenish those hangers. So, yeah, thank you guys for listening to this more mundane episode of the podcast. And I do highly recommend the book Killer Stuff and Tons of Money by Maureen Stanton. I think that it's... A really good read, and it gives you a, a great feel for flea, flea market culture. Um, and yes, I will be back at Alameda next month, hopefully, with Andrew. Um, it will be a more saturated market, but I think that I'll still do pretty darn good. All right, guys, have an awesome week. Take care. Bye-bye.